Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. This is Dr. Dan, and this is my 4th of July weekend monologue. While July 4th has special meaning for Americans, Our Independence Day celebrates the concept of the sovereign individual, a worldview and an ideal that extends far beyond our borders. For centuries, man was ruled by autocrats and despots who owned everything and everyone, controlled all property, and had the authority to dictate the course of events in their realm. Common man eked out his sparse existence with the constant anxiety of an uncertain future. No part of his day-to-day life was secure or safe from the whims of the monarch who controlled his fate. The Declaration of Independence, by far the most important of our founding documents, ousted the ruling elite from their positions of power and destroyed the pedestals that supported their thrones. This document declares the sovereignty of the individual outlines the natural law rights that belong to each of us by dint of our birth, summarizes the grievances against the British crown, justifies separation from the mother country, and sets out the proper place for government as the servant of the people. It is generally acknowledged that Thomas Jefferson wrote the Declaration of Independence between June 11th and June 28th, 1776, after having been appointed by the Second Continental Congress to write a first draft for their consideration. The principle of individual liberty as an ideal was a hot topic on the lips and on the minds of many patriots in the colonies, instigated by the writings and speeches of John Locke, Thomas Paine, John Adams, and others who sought freedom from the tyranny of the British Parliament and their ruling monarch. 
what the colonists proposed to do was in no way unprecedented. The history of mankind is filled with examples in which factions have been forced by circumstances, positive or negative, to break away from their original group and form a new entity with different alliances. Moreover, that new entity is entitled by the laws of nature and by God to seek and be granted a status equal to that of the group from which they separated. Herein lies the basic philosophy of our Constitution. Citizens voluntarily band together and give limited power to a governmental entity that is allowed to perform specific designated actions that are most efficiently performed by a single voice for the benefit of all equally. Government does not have inherent power. Only that which is voluntarily given to it by free, sovereign individuals. Since the gift of power is given by self-determination, not by compulsion, that consent may be withdrawn for cause and re-gifted to a different entity that will protect and secure the natural law rights of the citizens. We have the right to learn from our mistakes and correct them by improving the conditions under which we live and restructuring the rules by which we are voluntarily governed. In fully understanding the personal risk, the signers of the Declaration of Independence took a mutual pledge to bind themselves to each other and to the colonists they represent. Without a pledge, any declaration had no meaning or teeth. The signers knew that war with Great Britain was now inevitable, and they were themselves in great danger. Nevertheless, relying on the protection of divine providence, they signed what was to become one of the most cherished and meaningful founding documents, the Declaration of Independence. This is Dr. Dan, continuing with my 4th of July weekend monologue. Now, 243 years after the Declaration of Independence was written, we are facing the most challenging and nation-threatening crisis in our history. I have written and spoken about this many times in the past, on Freedom Forum Radio, and on my website, Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. That's D-R-D-A-N-S, freedomforum.com. And I urge you to visit my website and read articles and commentary on this subject, especially my post, The War of Coastal Aggression and the genius and necessity of the Electoral College. We are facing our second civil war. 
the marbles are on the table. I am going to read you an essay, an essay that represents a combination of the speech that Daniel Greenfield gave at the South Carolina Tea Party Convention in 2018 and the written words of Jack Minzy, a joint effort completed separately by two authors during the spring of 2018. Dr. Jack Minzy was a former department head of education at Eastern Michigan University. He was a prolific author of numerous books. Dr. Minzy passed away in April of 2018. Part of these words are are credited to him as the last of his works. Daniel Greenfield spoke at the South Carolina Tea Party Convention in January of 2018, and many of the words that you will now hear uh, were his words. So the two authors separately combined to make this essay important. The point is this. Regardless of which words can be attributed to which author, the information, meaning, and dire implications of the message cannot be ignored. So the title is, Civil War, How Do Civil Wars Happen? And I quote, two or more sides disagree on who runs the country, and they cannot, can't settle the question through elections because they don't even agree that elections are how you decide who's in charge. That's the basic issue here. Who decides who runs the country? When you hate each other but accept the election results, you have a country. When you stop accepting election results, you have a countdown to a civil war. The Mueller investigation is about removing President Trump from office and overturning the results of an election. We all know that, but it's not the first time they have done this. The first time a Republican president was elected in this century, they said he didn't really win. The Supreme Court gave him the election. There's a pattern here. What do sure odds of the Democrats rejecting the next Republican president really mean? It means they don't accept the results of any election that they don't win. It means they don't believe that transfers of power in this country, in our country, are determined by elections. That's a civil war. There's no shooting, at least not unless you count the attempt to kill a bunch of Republicans at a charity baseball game practice. But the Democrats have rejected our system of government. This isn't dissent. It's not disagreement. You can hate the other party. 
you can think they're the worst thing that ever happened to the country. But then you work harder to win the next election. When you consistently reject the results of elections you don't win, what you want is a dictatorship, your very own dictatorship. The only legitimate exercise of power in this country, according to Democrats, is its own. Whenever Republicans exercise power, it's inherently illegitimate. The Democrats lost Congress. They lost the White House. So what did they do? They began trying to run the country through federal judges and bureaucrats. Every time that a federal judge issues an order saying that the president of the United States can't scratch his own back without his say-so, that's the Civil War. Our system of government is based on the Constitution. But that's not the system that runs this country now. The Democrat system is that any part of government that it runs gets total and unlimited power over the country. If the Democrats are in the White House, then the president can do anything. And I mean anything. He can have his own amnesty for illegal aliens. He can fine you for not having health insurance. He can use the IRS as his own police force and imprison citizens who speak against him. He can provide guns and money, such as Fast and Furious and the Iran nuclear deal, to other countries to support his own agenda and watch while one of America's ambassadors is dragged through the streets and murdered, doing nothing to aid our citizens. His power is unlimited. He's a dictator. But when Republicans get into the White House, suddenly the president can't do anything. He isn't even allowed to undo the illegal alien amnesty that his predecessor illegally invented out of thin air. A Democrat in the White House has discretion to completely decide every aspect of immigration policy. A Republican doesn't even have the discretion to reverse it. That's how the game is played. That's how our country is run now. Sad but true. Although the left hasn't yet won that particular fight. When a Democrat is in the White House, states aren't even allowed to enforce immigration law. But when a Republican is in the White House, states can create their own immigration laws. Under Obama, a state wasn't allowed to go to the bathroom without asking permission. But under Trump, Jerry Brown can go around saying that California is an independent republic 
and sign treaties with other countries. The Constitution has something to say about that. It's frankly unconstitutional, as we know. Whether it's federal or state, executive, legislative, or judiciary, the left moves power around to run the country. If it controls an institution, then that institution is suddenly the supreme power in the land. That's what is called a moving dictatorship. Donald Trump has caused the shadow government to come out of hiding. Professional government is a guild, just like medieval guilds. You can't serve in it if you're not a member, if you haven't been indoctrinated into its arcane rituals, and if you aren't in the club. And Trump isn't in the club. He brought in a bunch of people who aren't in the club with him. Now we're seeing what the pros do when amateurs try to walk in on them. They spy on them, they investigate them, and they send them to jail. They use the tools of power to bring them down. That's not a free country. It's not a free country when FBI agents who support Hillary take out an insurance policy against Trump winning the election. It's not a free country when Obama officials engage in massive unmasking of the opposition. It's not a free country when the media responds to the other guy winning by trying to ban the conservative media that supported him from social media. It's not a free country when all of the above collude together to overturn an election because the guy who wasn't supposed to win did. Have no doubt, we're in a civil war between conservative volunteer government and a leftist Democrat professional government. That's the end of this essay. In closing, I, Dr. Dan, will issue my own personal challenge to all of you. As it was in 1776 with our founders, it is gut-check time for each of us. The battle lines have been drawn, and a deep chasm of disagreement divides our nation. On one side, we stand, guardians of the Constitution, with the firm knowledge that the rule of law prescribed by the framers of that document is the only real hope to remain free, sovereign citizens of a great nation. On the other side of the canyon stands our enemy. They are the arrogant elitists of the world, the oligarchs who believe only they have the wisdom to rule planet Earth according to their tyrannical socialist worldview. They know what is best for all of us, and they are supported by lemmings of their own creation, the useful idiots of our era from whom the ability to think and logically reason have been erased by years of brainwashing in government schools and who have been taught that everything they desire will be free in the promised utopia. How sad that it has come to this. Recognize that this is but another one of those cycles of history in which mankind's weaknesses cannot be overcome, 
even when the adverse results are proven and known to be inevitable. As we stand at the ready as comrades in arms, awaiting another shot heard around the world, each of us must ask himself the one question that defines courage and resolve on the brink of historical decision. What are you willing to sacrifice for freedom? This is Dr. Dan. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Everything gonna be all right this morning. (laughs) 